0: Hey everybody, I'm Logan Camden. I'm Carson Brabber. And this is Nerd Sesh. No!
1: Oh my god, how could he do that? Are you like, on?
0: Donate your cha-
1: What? Charles Darwin. Alright, so today, Logan, this is an episode that I think we've both been looking forward to for a while. This is a unique episode in that I think that... Our list will be more different than they ever have been before, so we're going to be tackling the top 10 Super Bowl. Obviously, we have a bunch to choose from, and I think that depending on what your criteria is, you can go a bunch of different ways. So we'll do our top 10, we'll acknowledge a decent amount of honorable mentions, but let's start off with your number 10, Logan. What got the honor? Well, I would like to say, Carson, first and foremost, that we have been absolutely spoiled
0: when it comes to Super Bowls in our lifetime. No question. I mean... It's an unbelievable percentage on my list that is from our lifetime. Six out of the 10 Super Bowl, six out of 10 Super Bowls on my list are from our lifetime and seven out of 10 are from the past 20 years. Mm-hmm. It just, it just goes to show how awesome the Super Bowls have been in our lifetime. But to kick things off, number 10
1: is Super Bowl 36, the Patriots versus the Rams. Okay. So that one uh, narrowly missed my list. Why don't you talk about it? Um, and this is actually the last minute change that I made before we got started. I saw that.
0: I well, I didn't see that, but you I noticed it. it yeah. You heard about it. Yeah. Um, I had the Panthers Patriots Super Bowl at my ten spot, mm-hmm. and I felt one of them were des- was deserving. Obviously, because Vinatieri made huge kicks in both games. Right. Um, I think the reason that it can't be any any higher. I mean, it, when a Super Bowl comes down to the last play of the game, it's a big deal. when yeah. It comes down to a final kick. It's a big deal. I just feel there aren't as many memorable plays in this game. I agree. I remember Ricky Prohl's touchdown. You know, I love my man, Ricky Prohl. Who doesn't? And and I remember Adam Vinatieri's kick. That's about it. You do have an interesting storyline dynamic here with a little bit of the passing of the torch. Mm -hmm. A young, underrated quarterback, undrafted Kurt Warner, passing that kind of crown to Tom Brady here in the Super Bowl. But I think the reason that it has to be on your list, and that I'm mad it's not, Carson, is that the Rams— I am a little angry. The Rams were favored by two
1: touchdowns in this game, Carson. Okay, first of all, this was not on your list as recently as five minutes ago. No, no, no. But and yet I've, rage boils had, inside you. It had been bouncing around in my head for the past couple hours. I think that that is a fair argument. Um, I think that if you are thinking in a historical context, which one gets remembered more, this one or the Panthers one starring Jake Delhomme? it's this one. But I think that if you look at the actual quality of the football game, the Panthers one was better. So that one is on my list. I think that this one, there's a little bit of a compelling story with the Rams coming back from 17-3 to tie it. And then, of course, Vanity Terry as time expires. Was it a great football game, though? I would argue not really compared to some of the others. And with my number 10 spot, I ended up choosing something that really wasn't a great football game at all, but it's maybe the most historically relevant game ever, and that is Super Bowl three. So I had, I had that one because, of course, that's the biggest upset in Super Bowl history. That's AFL versus NFL. It's everything in a lot of ways. You have Broadway Joe predicting the victory. And the reason I put this one at number 10, because initially I thought it was going to be off, is I was looking through all the candidates for number 10, and I thought none of these are blowing me away enough to the point where I'm going to leave out such a historically significant game, even though it really wasn't a great game of football. I have Super Bowl three higher on my list. Okay. And I just think the historical precedent...
0: The Jets winning this football game helped the NFL in so many ways. You know, Absolutely. It brought upon the merger. And as you talk about, maybe the biggest football play, and honestly the only football play I remember from this game, is the rushing touchdown mm-hmm. to the left pylon. It's the only one I remember yeah. from Super Bowl three. But you add in Broadway Joe guaranteeing the victory. And if we look at this in a historical context, I don't even think Joe Namath deserves Super Bowl MVP. But I think what we saw happen to the NFL after this game Like you said, the biggest upset in NFL history, or not NFL history, Mm -hmm. Super Bowl history, excuse me, I think it has to be here.
1: That is the argument, and that is why I I gave it the cookie and put it at 10, but I think that there are nine excellent games above it that I I looked at myself and I said, this wasn't a better Super Bowl then. It was more significant, but it wasn't better. So I'm going to go ahead and say my number nine because it is the Patriots-Panthers Super Bowl that I talked about. So Super Bowl 38 in the 2004 season, the Pats beat the Panthers 32-29. And this, I think, is really a forgotten great Super Bowl. And it was a weird Super Bowl. All points in this game were scored in the second and fourth quarter. There was no score until three minutes and eight seconds left in the second quarter. And then the first half ended 14-10 and the really another interesting dynamic in this game the panthers end up going for two twice down 21 16 and then up 22 21 they don't get either and to take that 22 21 lead they pick tom brady off in the end zone which is mm-hmm. of course is really uncharacteristic and then had that huge musan muhammad td and in the last seven minutes you have that 85 yard touchdown from muhammad you have mike rabel catching a touchdown with two minutes 51 left you have the panthers then scoring again with 108 left to tie it at 29 then Their kickoff goes out of bounds. The Pats get the ball at 40, at their own 40, they convert a third and three at the Panthers 40, and then they end the game with a field goal with four seconds left. That kickoff is a huge moment. Don't you do that, Carson. Don't do what? One minute, eight seconds left in the game. You know who scored that touchdown? Ricky Prohl. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to I didn't mean to sell the boy Ricky Pearl short. I know he's a hero here. Two near game game time yeah. or game winning touchdowns from Ricky Pearl, and Tom Brady stole his thunder both times. He should have been a legend. He should have been the greatest there ever was. He should have been a Super Bowl hero. He should have been the greatest there ever was. Here's someone who should have been a Super Bowl hero. Jake DeLome, because this is an incredible story that is so close Mm -hmm. to being like an all-time NFL narrative, because in this game, he completed under 50% of his passes, but 323 yards passing and three touchdowns, no interceptions. This was his first year starting at 28 years old. Mm -hmm. So I'll ask you this, Jake DeLome doesn't really have a legacy right now, but how... Different is his legacy. If he he picks up this win, I mean, that's a huge upset. I honestly,
0: I think we maybe remember Jake DeLome as a Joe Flacco-esque quarterback champion. Not Trent Dilfer. No, no, I'm not going to do him like that. Maybe a... Because he played a great game. Yeah, I'm not even going to say a Brad Johnson. Nick Foles. Let's go Nick Foles. Interesting. That's
1: that's not a bad legacy
0: to have. It's not a bad legacy to have because I think DeLome would have brought home Super Bowl MVP as well as... I mean, again, I don't want to compare him to Nick Foles because obviously Foles wasn't a full-time starter. Right. DeLome worked to get here right. and started the entire time. DeLome also has started you know, in the future mm-hmm. after this game. He started more than Foles, but— He's a Super Bowl champion and a Super Bowl
1: MVP. You can never take that away or write that out of the books. Yeah. Also, just interesting thing with Jake Delam. I mean, he only ended up starting like six seasons because he got such a late start on it, but like his career record is really good. He's like way above 500 and just an interesting career arc. Mm -hmm. You know, some of these quarterbacks just get a late start, not to compare him to a Kurt Warner or a Warren Moon, but he's better than both. All right. Who's your number nine, Logan? Uh, Number nine is Super Bowl 10, the Steelers versus the Cowboys.
0: Okay. Uh, let me ask you, Carson, did you have this one on your list? Didn't have it on my list. Actually, didn't have it on my honorable mentions. You know, I don't blame you. Um, obviously, I'm a little biased. I'm going to have a couple of Steelers games on here. I tossed between Super Bowl 13 and this one, and the only reason I would have gone with Super Bowl 13 over this one was because you look at the memorable moments. Yeah. And Jackie Smith dropping the game-winning touchdown in the back of the end zone. Yeah. Along with one of the greatest calls, I think, in Super Bowl history. Uh, you know, the bless his heart, he's gotta be the sickest man in America. What an yeah. awesome call. But Super Bowl X is here because Lin Swan's catches are immortal. Mm-hmm. Two of the greatest catches, and thank God for NFL Films for putting some uh nice jazz, old-timey music behind <laughs> Lin Swan catching those so we can yeah. always remember them. Um, the one near the sideline where he contorts his body is amazing, and then the one down the middle of the field where he concentrates. Terry Bradshaw ended up winning MVP of this game, and I have a big beef with that. I figured. Um, Bradshaw threw for 209 yards on 9 of 19 passing with two touchdowns, while Lynn Swan only had four catches, had 164 yards, and, enough, and a touchdown to go alongside that. I have it on here maybe because I'm a biased Steelers fan. Carson, why did you
1: leave it off? So my counter argument would be. This game was 21-10 with two minutes left. So yes, the final score ends up being pretty close and the Cowboys did have a final chance at it, but were they ever really going to win this game? Probably probably not. It came down to the last... Yeah, Roger Staubach threw an interception to Glenn Edwards to end the game. Yeah, from the 38-yard line. Like, that's, that's a 1-in-25 chance that they win on that play. Well, oh, you're shaking your head. How many times in history has that happened, Logan? I'm just saying that you're acting like it wasn't a down-to-the-wire game. Staubach could have thrown a touchdown I would argue, in that game. I would argue that is a faux comeback because if you're relying on a 40-yard... Listen, if you're Russell Wilson and you're on the one-yard line, if you're Steve McNair and you're on the seven-yard line, that is a photo finish. But you're completely discrediting the game. I'm not completely discrediting the game. I'm saying why I don't think it's a top-10 Super Bowl of all time. And I would argue, actually, a similar thing for Super Bowl 13 that yes had a bunch of great moments, and of course that Jackie Smith touched or dropped touchdown, but that game was 35-17 pretty late, which is which is interesting. I mean, it wasn't all that competitive throughout, but I'm not going to object to you having it here. That there's a bunch of great choices, but this would not have made the list for me. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have put the Super Bowl where the
0: Bills won on here. My bad, Carson. Come on, man. Yeah, that one hurt, didn't it? That Super Bowl doesn't
1: exist. <laughs> Everybody knows it. Have you seen the four falls of Buffalo? All right. I want to hear your number eight because my number eight, you might you might take issue with it being this love. Uh, number eight, I have Super Bowl three. Okay. Do you have anything you'd like to add to that point? No, I feel we covered it pretty well. So my Super Bowl, my eighth Super Bowl is one that was very iconic in a different way. I have Super Bowl 52 from 2017, which is the Eagles beating the Patriots 41 to 33. Now, as far as upsets, this is all time. I will always remember Nick Wright saying before the playoffs that the Eagles have the worst chance of any team in the NFC to reach the Super Bowl. But I mean, yes, this was a great game. You had an awesome quarterback duel, but the Eagles led for a lot of this game. They were up 15-3, then they were up 22-12, they were up 29-19. Patriots finally took a lead at 33-32, and then it got really exciting. You do have some great moments. You have the, the Philly special to end the first half. You have Foles convo- converting a fourth and one on their final drive. Takes them down in the field in seven minutes to score with 221 left. You have that Brandon Graham strip sack on Brady to end the game. And it's just sort of the incredible ragtag crew. I mean, Corey Clement is a hero of this game with over 100 yards receiving. Foles, 373 and three touchdowns. But when I looked at some of the other Super Bowls of my lifetime... I thought these games were more intense throughout. Like, yes, there were a lot of points. This was a fun game. And I know the Eagles went down, but it felt like they were in control for a lot of this game. I have this game at number seven. So it's my next
0: entry on the list. Not far off. And I think it has to be here. Obviously, Carson, Mm -hmm. I've told you I didn't watch this game in real time. Which is a shame. Because I was on hiatus. Yeah. Uh, I was downstairs playing 2K the
1: whole game. Nice. The Uh, Patriots protest.
0: And it's because... I gave Nick Foles zero chance of winning this football game, which is why I think it's so remarkable. Yeah. I told my dad before the game, do you genuinely think Nick Foles is going to outduel Tom Brady in the Super Bowl? Yeah. And he goes, well, yeah, I can see it happening. (laughs) Obviously, he was right. He would come down periodically. Oh, Brandon Graham did this. Nick Foles caught a touchdown. Mm -hmm. And it has some memorable moments. It wasn't as down to the wire as you may see in the box score. But I think it's an all-time great Super Bowl. And again— We've been spoiled. These past
1: 10 years have been awesome. And it was awesome to have it end with that Brandon Graham strip sack because I think for a lot of people, there was still that faith. Brady's going to drive him down the field Mm -hmm. like there was in the Patriots game against the Titans this year when the Titans kept giving them the ball back. It's Brady's going to drive him down the field when they need it, and it didn't happen. Brady did have over 500 yards passing in this game. Amendola and Chris Hogan both had over one hundred and twenty five yards receiving. So you just said your number seven. It was this Super Bowl, so I'll give my seven now. And it's Super Bowl twenty three from the nineteen eighty-nine season when the Niners beat the Bengals twenty to sixteen in uh part two of, of course, Niners Bengals in the Super Bowl. I left this one off my list. Okay. Now
0: I don't know. I didn't really put a whole lot of thought into this game. I don't really remember it on a historical
1: level context. Uh, what are some big moments from this game, Carson? So basically the reason I would have this is it is the ultimate Joe cool instance. I mean, if you're talking about the three minute drill or the four minute drill. This is it. The Niners go into the fourth down 13 6. Then they go down 16 13 with 344 left. Montana drives them down the field in just football perfection. He goes eight of nine passing, throws a touchdown to John Taylor with 34 seconds left. And obviously, he was perfect in Super Bowls. He's the greatest Super Bowl quarterback ever. And you know, Brady has more. Brady's the greater quarterback. But when it comes to sheer performances, he never had a bad game, and he had three really all-time great games, 357 yards for Montana and two touchdowns, Jerry Rice vintage, 215 and a touchdown, and then Bill Walsh retires after this game and gives it over to George Seifert, and then on the other hand, the Bengals didn't score an offensive touchdown, which I always think is intriguing, three field goals and a kickoff return touchdown, I like a little bit of weirdness like that in a Super Bowl, I just think, really, it's about the final drive, it's about Montana leading them down the field, and that's like, to me the defining moment of his career besides maybe the catch, which you could argue is just as much about Dwight Clark. This was Montana at his best.
0: Was this game the John Candy game? I do not know. I don't know if that was the original one against the Bengals or if it was this one uh, when they played Ken Anderson. I don't know. I remember that iconic. Uh, you you
1: watched NFL films. Well, they didn't play Ken Anderson in this one. This was I know Boomer. They, Boomer. Yeah. yeah, Boomer had a terrible game. Yeah. Well, Boomer wasn't very good. Okay. Okay, Boomer. Ooh. 11 to
0: 25, 144 yards and a pick for Boomer. I'm referencing the one where, you know, he went into the huddle. Hey, guys, that John Candy calmed him down, drove him down the right. field. Oh, right, right. I don't know if that was the the catch. I can't
1: remember what play it was, mm-hmm. but Joe Montana's pretty cool guy. Uh, he's Joe cool. Yeah. Like, and even if you look at him now, you know, he's like, what, he's 60 and he just looks like the coolest guy in the room. He's got the cool old guy look. All right, let's move on to number six. What do you have here? That's a weird smile you're giving me, and I don't like it. I'm sorry, Carson. (sighs) Okay. It's Super
0: Bowl 25. All right, so talk about it. All right, so it was— Crook. I'm sorry, man. I I didn't want to have to do this to you live on air. Um, (laughs) Giants, Bills, I, I think it's another essential when it comes to ranking the best Super Bowls ever. When it comes down to such a dramatic final play, a dramatic kick with Scott Norwood, every NFL
1: fan remembers this. True. All true. Here's my counter argument. This is this game is not on my list. And the final moment is extremely dramatic. You're right. Well, I think I think another reason that you have to have it on here is the Giants
0: are heavy underdogs going into this game because they have Jeff Hostetler at quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a storyline with again Hostetler, he's mm-hmm. the backup going through the playoffs.
1: How did you leave this one off, Carson? I will tell you how I left it off. So I thought also, actually, one of my professors made an interesting argument. He's a Giants fan, and he said this was the greatest Super Bowl ever. Now, obviously, that's colored with a healthy deal of bias, but his argument was basically number one offense against number one defense, right? Most time of possession ever in a Super Bowl for the Giants, but I think that that's part of what goes against it is the Giants basically won this football game by running the ball forty times and possessing the ball for forty minutes. So with retrospect, you can look back and you can say, "Wow, what a fascinating dynamic!" You have the up-tempo Kagon offense, one of the best ever against the underdogs with Jeff Hostetler, and it comes down to the final moment and it's a missed field goal. But was that as compelling of a football game to watch when the most exciting part of the game is the part that gets taken out in the Bills offense? That's my argument against it. I'm focusing a lot on the quality of the game, or I'm trying to, and yes, the historical implications and the narratives can put something over the top, but I don't think it's enough in itself. And I totally consider this one for my 10 spot. I did.
0: You now, I have heard that time of possession
1: doesn't matter. That's a quote from Gabe Swartz of Heat Check, yes. Ter- terrible take. It's a terrible take, but it's not a terrible take when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs because they are the fastest scoring offense ever. How long did you practice that one, Carson? I hadn't practiced that one. No, no, no. I think you I think you were thinking, I'm going to leave it off when seventy, puts seventy-five puts it 75 times. Gotcha. 75 times. No, listen, I can't take issue with it. I think that there's a legitimate argument well, to be made for it.
0: I think if you're thinking about some iconic moments, Bruce Smith almost sacking Hostetler, uh, or no, wait, did he sack Hostetler for his safety? I think I think Bruce Smith did sack Haas for a safety. Yeah. I mean, those are like the two biggest plays of the game, and so I understand if you're looking at this from a big play perspective, because when you think Super Bowls, you want to see big time things. You want to see Desmond Howard running a kickback, you want to see Devin Hester running a kickback, Percy Harvin, I just want to see a kickoff return touchdown correct? yeah. yeah. You, you want to see big That's plays. All you want. And Giants Bills
1: did not have as many of those, so I won't take as much issue with you leaving this one off. Thank you. That's very kind of you. See, we we have had a bunch of difference, as I think we could predict. But also, I don't think there's been any real Agreed. animus towards each other yeah. as far as... Except for you got a little mad with me, actually, about the, the Steeler game and the Rams game. So there's been a little bit of animus from you. None from me. I'm, I'm a lover, not a fighter. My number six is Super Bowl 34. That's the 1999 season, and that is the Rams beating the Titans 23-16. The Titans started this game down 16-0. They tied it with 2:12 left. Then Isaac Bruce has that 73-yard touchdown from Kurt Warner with 154 left. McNair drives him down the field, hits Kevin Dyson on his last three completed passes, and of course comes down half a yard short in probably the most dramatic finish to a Super Bowl ever or maybe a football game ever. I have this one at number five,
0: Carson, and I played with this Super Bowl all the way up until three. I I couldn't really figure out where to where to gauge this one, Um, which means you have a game that
1: isn't on my list. I think it does. Higher than this. And I kind of expected that coming in because I think that there is one Super Bowl that is the most underrated of all time. I would love to hear that take. Yeah. On this game, though,
0: you have an interesting dynamic. You have Kurt Warner winning MVP this year, leading a team in his first year ever starting to the Super Bowl against Steve McNair. And I think it's a crime that McNair never got a Super Bowl win, although I wanted Kurt to get one as well. Yeah. So when, when I know, again, when a game comes down to the last play, it's hard to beat that. It's hard to beat that. And if you can get, well, where were the Seahawks at? When Wilson threw the pick, they were at the, they were at the one, they were at the one. Yeah. If you can get any closer than the Seahawks did, Kevin, Kevin Dyson did. Yeah. Well,
1: and you have him, I mean, literally extending, right? You can see, you have that shot of it's that close, which is really powerful. And also the fact that they were in the midst of a dramatic comeback. Mm -hmm. I mean, they'd been down the entire game. And of all the guys,
0: Mike Jones. Yeah. Mike Jones. Basic name. Mike Jones makes the biggest play in the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. I think that this is a great one. I don't know if this one gets... I feel like the last play of this game will forever be remembered. I don't know if this Super Bowl always gets mentioned as much as it should in all-time great discussions.
0: I do have good news though, Carson. Okay. Ricky Pearl was on this roster. He's everywhere. He did get a ring. Good for him. Good for Ricky. He's really...
1: What is he? The greatest? Is he the greatest ever I think he's it? the greatest wide receiver in Super Bowl history. Way too much Ricky Prohl content on this episode. Way too much. So do you want me to give my number five since you just... Sure. So, this is the one. This is the one that I'm almost certain is not on your list. Super Bowl 47, 2012. The Ravens beat the Niners 34 31. I think that this one is incredibly underrated, and I'll walk you through it because there are so many incredible moments in this game. So, the Ravens go up. 28 to six in this game when jacoby jones takes that touchdown to the house on a kick return to start the second half which i think is one of the great plays in super bowl history i remember that vividly then the niners score on four straight possessions they have a chance to tie the game with a two-point conversion at 31 with nine minutes left and they fail which ends up being a huge play because obviously then they could have taken a field goal at the end to tie it and send it to overtime they didn't get it they end up on their final drive getting the ball down to the seven yard line. They run it once to the five. And then this to me is one of the iconic sequences of our football lives and football histories. They target Michael Crabtree three straight times to the right side of the field, two of them on basically identical plays, and they fall short on all of them. Then if you look at this from the Ravens side, this caps off Flacco's just crazy postseason with 287 yards and three touchdowns in this game. It's Ray Lewis's final game, and we had known all year this was his final season. So that's a great narrative to watch. And this was the peak of the Kaepernick Niners era, which is a three-year stretch or two-year stretch with Kaepernick. But that first year with Alex Smith was really fun, too. An incredible stretch of football that I think will be forgotten because they never got that Super Bowl. But this team was awesome.
0: You know, I can't blame you for having this Super Bowl on here. And I thought about it briefly, very mm-hmm. briefly. I think, you know, what, Carson, you know, I think people don't think about this game as much. Why? The power outage. And mm. I genuinely mean that. Yeah.
1: I think the power outage overshadows good football. I wonder if it's sort of, the, do you think it maybe adds a little bit to the legacy in an interesting it, way? Like weird stuff gets remembered. It is a little uh,
0: mysterious there. Uh-huh. <laughs> it adds some mystique to the, and no, no, I mean that because we're yeah. in the Superdome. Yeah. We were in New Orleans yeah. where, uh, you know, I don't know. they became. Voodoo.
1: Yeah, pretty let's much. Let's say it. Did, didn't that happen during the halftime show? No, let's say it. Breeze was upset. Was it this year that the Niners beat them? Or no, that was the year before when the Niners beat yeah. them in the playoffs. Um, He's still upset.
0: Very good football game. And as you said, the Michael Crabtree, three in a row to close out. I'll never
1: forget that. I'll never forget that. Why don't you tell me about it, Bay Area fan? I'll never forget that. Well, I'm not a Niners fan. Although I was rooting for the Niners hard in this Super Bowl. I was still finding myself. You know what, Carson?
0: Yeah. I, I can't go on air and say this, but I will. I think I may have been rooting for the Ravens in this game. What? I didn't want the Niners to get 6. Oh, I was That's so, competing interest there. I was so adamantly against the Niners getting 6 that I wanted the Ravens to win. That must have
1: been a tough moment for a young Logan Campbell. It was very tough. Yeah, jeez. It was really rough watching Joe Flacco just tear through the playoffs to win a Super Bowl. I mean, that was insane. That's like some crazy things happen in playoff football. You have a Nick Foles run, you have a Joe Flacco run, we could have had a Case Keenum run if one yeah. play had or not if one Blake played. Bortles Run. Yeah, we, we had a Blake Bortles. I mean, that same year we had Bortles, Foles, and Keenum, and they in the championship games. And Brady, of course, the greatest ever on the, Fo- on the football. Football is weird. Football man. is weird.
0: Um, my number five, as I mentioned, is Rams Titans. Right. So I'm going to head and jump to my number four. Okay. Which is Super Bowl 51 between the Patriots and Falcons. Now, obviously, it was very tough ranking this Super Bowl because I am so biased against the Patriots. Yeah. But it's it's one of the greatest Super Bowls ever. Yeah, And
1: uh, Carson, what do you have at number four? Number four, I have Super Bowl 43. In the 2008 season, Steelers beating the Cardinals 27-23. You seem very upset, Logan. This is a very respectable position. This is a top four finish for this game. And I have Patriots-Falcons at number three. Where do you have Steelers? Do you have Steelers-Cardinals higher than number three? Oh, okay. I would be very interested in hearing that argument. But Let's talk about Patriots Falcons first, then. Um, so I was very happy going into the the fourth. It was I can tw- imagine twenty
0: eight nine. I'm ecstatic. My yeah. dad and I have probably done an Irish jig. We're sitting there going, <laughs> "Man, the Patriots are done." Matt Ryan has finally done it. And then you get the sack, fumble, they blow the lead. I think we forget about some very big moments in this game, though. Julio mm-hmm. Jones made one of the greatest catches I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. His body was at like a 30-degree angle, and he taps his feet in to keep the play alive.
1: This was probably P. Julio, as great as Julio has been this season and this game. But ultimately, Super Bowls come down to big moments, Mm -hmm. and I remember a
0: lot from this game. You remember Julian Edelman's uh, circle—circus catch Mm -hmm. uh, in this game. You remember, uh, like I said, you remember Tom Brady's pick six. You remember—
1: Matt Ryan's sack fumble. I remember Grady Jarrett's three sacks, which I think is going to be forgotten. He came into this game with four career sacks, and he was destroying it early. He was blowing the game up. And uh, for some numbers in this game, Carson. Yeah. James White
0: had 14 catches for 110 yards and three total touchdowns. James White went insane. Yeah. I remember uh, at the end of the game, I went upstairs, and I think I cried because I was so upset that the Patriots won. Mm-hmm. In utter collapse, and I don't know if the collapse over. I think the collapse overshadows a lot of great performances on Atlanta's side.
1: Yeah, I mean, this obviously this game was fascinating for a bunch of reasons. The Falcons had an all time great offense. I mean, what did they have? Like the fifth best offense of all time by some metric. I forget what the metric was, but this I think, if you're looking at a single game, considering the stakes, is the greatest comeback in sports history. I think it is. You have also the dynamic of, as I mentioned, that great offense, a new MVP in Matt Ryan. The hot young offensive coordinator versus the old quarterback, the old coach, and yet maybe the two greatest ever. And for the Pats to score 31 unanswered for them to, even if you look at the finish of the game, they score a touchdown and they convert uh, on the two point conversion with one minute left. That was their fifth straight possession with a score. There's just something special about this game. Do I think play to play? It is the best ever. No, but it was riveting and it also sucked. I hated it too. I was really excited That the Falcons were going to blow them out, and this could have, you know, potentially in the eyes of a few, been the end of the dynasty, and then, of course, they come back after this and win another Super Bowl. So, shows how much we know. But this has to be at least in the top five, I think we can agree. So, let's talk about Steelers-Cardinals now, because that's my number four. Would you like to share your number three, would you like to keep that a mystery? Steelers-Cardinals is three for you? No, it's four. Patriots-Falcons was three.
0: Three for me is Patriots-Seahawks. Oh,
1: Oh. Oh. You thought I was going 43 at 3, didn't you? Wow. That's what I th- Well, no, you said you weren't earlier, but I didn't think you were going Patriots Seahawks. All right. Let's talk about let's talk about 43 if that's okay with you. Yeah, I suppose. So, this is a great football game. That's undeniable. The Steelers go up 10 nothing, then they go up 17-7 on James Harrison with the, you know, End zone to end zone pick six, which is one of the great football game, football plays of my childhood that I will always remember. Cardinals are down 27 with 11, 30 minutes left in the game, 11 minutes and 30 seconds left in the game. When they get the ball, they score a touchdown. Pittsburgh, of course, a holding in the end zone, which is a safety. Then you have Fitz, a 64-yard touchdown with 237 left. And all of a sudden, the Steelers are down. They had two yards on their last three drives combined, and negative two points because of that safety. And then you have the Holmes toe-tap touchdown with 42 seconds left, which, good God, what an incredible catch in itself, even taking out of consideration the moment. Wow, you're taking a deep zen breath here. I am going to monologue right here, Carson. Go ahead, monologue. I'm going to tell you where I have this ranked as well, Carson.
0: Number one. This is the greatest Super Bowl of all time. This is... Okay. Give me two minutes. All right. Storyline-wise, you have Kurt Warner trying to win his second Super Bowl and have started and ending his career with a Super Bowl. This young God Steeler team now under the tutelage of Mike Tomlin trying to prove that they can get it done once more. This is actually scripted. You have <laughs> Ken Wisenhunt trying to defeat his former team because he was the Steelers' OC for or, and QB coach for—no, he wasn't OC, QB coach for a little while. Big Ben trying to bounce back after a terrible debut performance in Super Bowl Forty. I think w- what makes this game so drastically different than
1: a Bounce long- back from a win? His performance in Super Bowl Forty yeah, was, it was terrible. but it was a win. But he sucked. But he won. Yeah, I guess. Joe Namath won too. He had- Yeah, Joe Namath didn't have to bounce back from anything. That single game made his career. Well, I'm saying Big Ben had a terrible game. It doesn't matter. Yeah, they won. Awesome. I'm, I was really happy about that. But Big Ben sucked. I just think you're overplaying that narrative because we're people coming in like, oh, that Big Ben, he's 1-0 in the Super Bowl, but yeah. he didn't play a great All game. Right, anyway, right, anyway, ahead. continue the monologue. <laughs> the Cardinals, it felt like they
0: weren't – this wasn't the beginning of a dynasty for the Cardinals. It felt like a one-off, yeah. a 9-7 wild card – or no, I think they were 10-6 and six, actually. 9-7. They were 9-7 and seven, with an aging quarterback at the helm, could very well retire after this game if they pull it off. On the field, this game is majestic and, in my opinion, unparalleled. I mean that majestic. Yes. What diction! What a poet. <laughs> Ten to seven, right before the half. James Harrison makes what I think is the greatest play in Super Bowl history. Fakes Warner out at the line, drops back into coverage, picks him off. Uh, I believe it was Deshae Townsend is asking him mid-play while he's at the twenty-yard line. Give me the ball, James. You're fat and slow. No, James runs another eighty yards. James wasn't to the fat house. and slow that day. He was. He was. He was kind of fast. He was speedy. Anyway, James gets to the house, completely swings the momentum, and this is the biggest play in the game. Yes, Antonio Holmes catch in the back of the end zone, one in the game, but if James doesn't make this play and the Cardinals score, the Steelers lose. Um... You on the uh later in the game, we have Fitzgerald catching a fade to narrow the gap to six. On the ensuing drive, Ben is throwing from his end zone, as you mentioned. Jeff Hardings gets the holding penalty in the end zone, you get the safety. Right after that, you have Larry Fitzgerald in this is, I think, Larry Fitzgerald's finest hour. He's I had agree. some amazing playoff moments, but that 64-yard scamper to the end zone is amazing. Yeah. Then you have Big Ben and Santonio hooking up for 73 yards on the next drive, just between the two. And then they
1: connect for the game-winning score. think Super Bowl. I think it's number one. It's a great Super Bowl. I don't think it's number one. Um, But yeah, I mean, we had some great performances. Warner goes for 377 and three touchdowns. Fitz, as you mentioned, 127 and two. Holmes with 131 receiving. It's a great Super Bowl. And I think it's tough to make the argument for number one because I think they're well, one game obviously has the narrative element over it, and that is Giants-Patriots, and that that is probably the greatest narrative for Super Bowl ever, along maybe with um, Super Bowl three. So, I'm not going to be upset, because I don't want to disrespect your Sealer fandom. It's a, It was an incredible game. You know what I think a lot of people forget? What? Big Ben could have won the game on the previous play to San
0: Antonio Holmes in the back of the end zone, but he threw a terrible ball, and then, you know, he obviously had to make that amazing throw past two defenders, yeah. but... Why would we want to remember that?
1: I don't know. It's an, it's an interesting fact, I suppose. Now, this is, of course, a heartbreaking Super Bowl for our local listeners. Oh no, I don't care. Okay, I don't care. All right, that's fine. So, what this means, Logan, is that we have the same number two. So, both of our number two is Super Bowl forty-two. We haven't discussed. Uh, oh, I did a little quick math in my head there. Wow. Yeah, I'm always thinking ahead here. On I like that nerd okay, so sesh. Fine, Let, let's talk about forty-two. Okay, so this, as I mentioned, may be the greatest storyline ever. You have the upstart underdog Scrappy Giants beating the Patriots 17-14 with what I think is actually... Indisputably, the greatest play in Super Bowl history being the David Tyree catch. It's a ten and sixteen versus a sixteen and zero team. And I think some people might be surprised that we don't have this at number one because I think that's how it often get, gets remembered. So this game, of course, really low scoring and defensive to start. The Pats go into the fourth up seven three. Then the Giants score. David Tyree, another forgotten element. David Tyree also had a touchdown catch yeah. in this game, which is just weird because David Tyree is irrelevant in every other game in NFL history, yeah. but this one. Then the Pats score. It's Randy Moss. I think there's an awesome juxtaposition. If you're talking about the status of the teams, it's a guy in the midst of a top five receiving season ever versus David Tyree. Those are the guys scoring. So Randy Moss on that touchdown obliterated
0: Corey Webster. Mossed him. I mean, no, 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 no. He didn't Moss him. Just murdered him. Off the line, Randy Moss slings Corey Webster to the ground <laughs> and just catches a touchdown.
1: It was awesome. It's a little hard-nosed football. It's a little bit of fun. Uh, and then the Tyree catch happens with just over a minute left. On third and five for 32 yards. And I think that you'll probably agree with me on this, Logan. The catch itself is not what makes this the greatest football player ever. It's Eli evading that sack against all logic. It didn't make sense. And then that in combination with throwing that ball up there, Tyree pinning it against this helmet. Rodney Harrison. Rodney Harrison coming in hot and and hitting him hard. And the fact that it's David Tyree that does it. You know what surprises me, Carson? What? Two things about this game. One, that. You know, a lot of
0: people, even NFL experts, think that he won that game with that catch. They think that was a touchdown to Tyree. Well, I mean, that would be the greatest play without even yeah. any parallels. Exactly. That would be insane. But, you know, Plaxico Burris went on to catch that right. touchdown. Also, Bill Belichick in the Patriots
1: mm-hmm. seemed to get extremely conservative in the big games. And I don't understand why. Yeah, it works pretty well for them overall. Well, it it has. Except for one team from New York, except for against one team from New York. Uh, yeah, teams from the uh, NFC East. Yeah. Another thing that I think was immortalized in this game was that Giants defense, because that Giants defense was awesome. And specifically, Justin Tuck, but you still have Strahan, you have Osi Umanyora, who I remember as a kid was just always a huge name, even though I don't know if he was that great. Yeah. But everyone know, knew who Osi was because he was part of this defense. They had five sacks, and they were huge to disrupting The greatest quarterback ever in the midst of his greatest season ever. Yeah. Nine QB hits on top of that.
0: I mean, it's the formula for beating Brady. You have to get him uncomfortable. You have to get pressure. Unless
1: you're the Eagles, in which case you just score 41 points.
0: Yeah. Valid point. Yeah. Uh, You had great defensive performance from Kawika Mitchell as well, who uh, got a sack in this game. Mm -hmm. I mean, the pass rush for the Giants was solid all the way up until their next Super Bowl win against the Patriots. And
1: they figured it out in this game. Yeah. I think that one of the things that bothers me is sometimes people lump together this one with the 2011 one. They lump together it's the Tyree different. and Manningham catch. And yes, they're both sort of defensive games. They're both crazy underdogs versus the all-time perennial favorites. But the Tyree catch is in a different class, and this was just a better football game. What do you mean lumped together? That they put them on the same level? Yeah, that's how it feels to me sometimes. Uh, it doesn't make any sense because— Also, th- the fact that the Patriots were 18-0. yeah they were going to be the greatest team ever. Also, the Giants were better that year as well. Yeah. I, they went 11-5, 12 and five. Oh, No, no, no. The Giants were worse. In 2011, they went 9-7. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. For some reason, I thought they went 12-4. No, they were not very good, Um, which is just crazy. Eli Manning's career is such an anomaly in sports history. Yeah.
0: And especially when you talk about 47, the, the biggest play I remember, yes, you have the Manningham catch, but you also have Ahmad Bradshaw just sitting on his butt to score a touchdown.
1: Yeah. You remember that? When yeah. the Patriots defense just let him in? Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. I don't think Ain't people tried can love these games together. I agree. So, now we come to my number one. Yeah. Your number three. Super Bowl 49, 2015, Patriots beating the Seahawks 28-24. Uh, I'm biased. This, that's, why, that's why this isn't number one for you?
0: Yeah, no, I... I My journalistic credibility means nothing to me. I'm just going to be open. Well, I I appreciate the honesty.
1: I'm completely biased about this game. Because I think that this is the greatest game of football I've ever seen probably. So you have the Seahawks just storyline-wise coming off of – that dominant Super Bowl the year before against the Broncos, which is probably the worst Super Bowl I've ever seen, 43-8. The Pats hadn't won a Super Bowl in a decade. This is really the last version of peak Marshawn Lynch that we see, and it's just an incredible back-and-forth game. Pats go up 14-7. Seattle scores 17 straight to take a 24-14 lead. They score on four straight drives. Then New England has two fourth-quarter touchdowns to take the lead with two o two left. The Seahawks drive down. To me, the greatest play in Super Bowl history that will be forgotten is that Jermaine curse 33 yard catch off of four bounces. There was no reason for him to catch that ball, which gets them down to about the five yard line. That's a top five catch ever if they win, if not a top three catch. I mean, that was absurd. The dude is lying on the ground, the ball is being batted around, and it somehow falls into his hand. Then you have Marshawn pick up four yards, and of course, as famously as famous as any play in Super Bowl history is the Seahawks opting not to run on second and one. And Malcolm Butler makes, I think, the greatest defensive play I've ever seen with 20 seconds left, anticipates that pass perfectly and just bumps whoever was targeted. I don't remember who was targeted on that. Was it Ricardo Lockett? I think that's who it was. I think it was. And it just makes a perfect play. And, you know, Russ, we think of Russ as one of the coolest, calmest, clutchest guys ever. But his biggest moment of his career is probably this one in which he didn't have that.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at this in a, a, a historical context, and the last play of the game f- until the end of time will be criticized, mm-hmm. analyzed, mm-hmm. and you'll be scratching your head over it. Yeah, because they didn't run the ball. Yeah. Now, if Russell Wilson throws a touchdown here, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he didn't. I think you look at some other plays from the game. You mentioned the Jermaine curse catch, which is amazing. Yeah. You have Richard Sherman on the sideline. The one of the greatest reactions I've ever seen. He, he puts his hands on his head. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I can't mm-hmm. believe it. You have Tom Brady
1: on the other sideline celebrating. Crazy. Not as crazy as you might think he would go, though. He was a little too... No, he jumped up. He was jumping up. I know and he jumped up, but I want to see him just, like, rip his shirt off and start screaming Metallica. Kiss his child. Kiss... Well, he does that
0: enough. Yeah. Um. The reason that I have the Steelers Super Bowl over this game mm-hmm. and over 42 as well... Yeah. Is because it doesn't involve
1: the Patriots. <laughs> well, yeah. Right,
0: but, um the the big plays are huge in that game. Mm-hmm. Like yes, you have the curse catch and you have the interception, but
1: That's about as big as it gets, I think.
0: You have an a hundred-yard pick six you but have the Santonio Holmes catch in the back of the end zone. You have Larry Fitzgerald streaking up the middle of the field. They're three of the biggest plays in Super Bowl history, and you get them in one game.
1: Yeah, okay, but the curse the curse catch and the Malcolm Butler, those were two of the last three plays of the game. That means, so, like, that means a lot. The James Harrison play, absolutely incredible and pivotal, but it happened in the first half. If you're thinking about down to the wire, two of the last three plays were two of the greatest in Super Bowl history. Santonio, yes, right up there too, but this game had the best finish I think I've ever seen. Not for, you know, I didn't like the finish, but it's incredible, and it was an incredible football game throughout too. You know, they ran the analytics on this, Mm -hmm. and uh, I don't know what show it was,
0: it was on, I don't know, one of those morning Mm -hmm. uh, sports science shows. Good Morning America. Yes. Um, Malcolm Butler's decision was made in like 0.24 seconds. Like they, that's, I mean, it was insane. They, they broke it down and they said at this angle, at this point, he had to jump it. It basically, what I'm saying is the interception shouldn't have been humanly possible. It was, it wasn't out of him thinking this is going to happen. It was instinct. He'd watched so much film, yeah. run this slant route in the, when it comes crunch time,
1: you need to know that this is going to happen. And it was just instinct and you could tell russ was so confident it was going to be open i mean he didn't even look anywhere else it was bam here we go this is it and butler made really a sensational play i think that's a definitive top three though I think, well, I don't have the Steelers in my top three. I, I have think you should. I think 42-43. And- you can say definitively it's better than the greatest comeback in sports history from 28-3 down. The second greatest comeback in Super Bowl history, well, no, the Chiefs no, 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 just no, no. pulled off from down 10.
0: No, it's no, no, unparalleled. No, no, no.
1: You're saying that, but it's also the Falcons choked so hard. Don't give me, like, I get me. The Patriots it. had to play perfectly from then on, too, though.
0: But the Falcons also had to play the worst football of their
1: lives. Not the worst, just bad. They played bad Matt football. Ryan fumbling on... <laughs> I don't bring this up, oh, man. I'm gonna to, I hated that game. Yeah, I mean who liked that game? Boston and people who wear Patriots jerseys and say, Oh yeah, I have I have an uncle from Boston. That's why that's why I wear this Rob Gronkowski jersey. I know a guy like that. I know I know many. I know many guys like that. So I think that we've gotten contentious enough there. Let's honor some of the great ones that didn't make our list. And one of them that I think we talked about Briefly, is Super Bowl forty six? Giants beating the Pats 21-17. You have that Manningham cash to set up the score with 57 seconds left. It was a great Super Bowl. I said 47, didn't I? On the, When we were talking about it, I think I said
0: 47 earlier. That's okay, Logan. It happens. Carson, yeah. maybe you won't agree with me on this. Okay. A Super Bowl that I genuinely thought maybe could have made my top 10. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl thirty seven. Between the Buccaneers and the Raiders, and the only reason I say this is because it's so memorable. You remember Rich Gannon tossing five interceptions in three pick sixes. It was not a good football game by any metric, but it's certainly very memorable. I agree that it's memorable. It was not on my honorable mentions, but though. I think it's better than certain games that were close. Closer, excuse mm-hmm. me, like Chicago and Indianapolis, and it's a better game than the blowout that we saw between the Seahawks and the Broncos. Again,
1: that's a. 43-8 game.
0: Yes, I'm saying that...
1: Well, of course it's better than that. That's it was like the still worst
0: a, Super Bowl ever. I'm saying it was... Are you listening to me, Carson? Yes, I'm attentively.
1: I'm they were both blowouts, and this was drastically better because you see the pick sixes and the big plays. I agree. I just think it's hard to put a blowout when there have been so many great competitive games. That's why I left it off my list. That's why I left it off my That's honorable That's why it's mentions. an honorable mention. Okay, so... Another honorable and mention, you know I, yeah, I okay, did say ahead. that maybe you might disagree with this That's one, Carson. True, you so, did. And I don't know why you're getting so intense over there, Logan. We're just talking football for an audience of 8 million. Okay, I had Super Bowl 36. We already talked about that one. That's Patriots-Rams. Super Bowl 44, 2009. Saints beating the Colts 31-17. The final score will tell you something different, but you have the onside kick to start the second half. And this game was close the entire time until that Porter pick six uh, sealed the game with 312 left So this was a great football game And one of the first Super Bowls I, I really remember
0: Yeah, no, it was a very good game Um, I was rooting for Peyton Just because I liked him so much I liked your call on the onside kick To start the second half Oh, it just sounded exactly like the one in-game Oh, yeah Maybe you should do that for a living, Carson Um, I had Super Bowl thirty two as well Between the Broncos and Packers uh, John, I have that one yeah. John Elway helicopter John Elway yeah. exercises the demons
1: yeah Hooray, go Broncos. Maybe best Terrell Davis ever in, you know, what was an incredible career, a brief, but he had won 57 and three touchdowns in this game. And of course, it's Elway's first Super Bowl, even at whatever he was, 35 years old. Um, Favre was pretty good in this game. So I think that one should be there as well. Shout out for a Shanahan winning a Super Bowl, man. I mean, he has two of them. Mm-hmm. And it's like people always talk about, oh, it's a Shanahan type joke. All right, he's got two Super Bowls. That's more than your franchise, probably. Whatever team fan you are. But Buffalo No, that's not That's <laughs> not the fan base uh, Speaking of Buffalo Of course I have Giants Bills on my honorable mentions And my last honorable mention I had was Super Bowl thirteen, Steelers-Cowboys Which we already talked about earlier Do you have anything else That we haven't discussed? No, Super Bowl thirteen Was my last one So Carson, you would put 13 over 10 I would, Why? yeah I think that it's a better overall game. You have a pretty awesome duel of two iconic quarterbacks. Like we mentioned how Staubach wasn't good in the other game. Bradshaw wasn't even that good. This game, Bradshaw goes for 318 and four touchdowns. Staubach goes for 228 and three. On the Steelers' side, you have Lynn Swan and Stallworth both going for 115 plus yards. I think it does have more great moments. So that's why I would have it overall. Oh, a comeback as well from the Cowboys. A comeback. I mean, that's what I'm saying. They were down 35-17. And I think some people – I was looking at some lists and one one list had this at number one all time. I don't know how you can justify that. I think that's a tough argument to make, but I saw it on the internet. It's true. It's on the internet. So do you think my case for
0: 43 was better than their case for 13?
1: Yeah, I preferred
0: it. Thanks, man. It means a lot. Taking the
1: small wins in life. Um, I hope you
0: enjoyed me and Carson – Carson – you know, aggressively fighting each other. <laughs> or actually, no, just me fighting it's Carson. Yeah. Carson showing zero emotion whatsoever.
1: Because <laughs> my team doesn't have any stake in this. Mm. Except for that one four times we lost. To wrap this up, I have been Logan Camden. I've been Carson Brebber. And this has been
0: Nerd Sesh.